0: This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film about time, two minutes at a time. I'm Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else.
1: I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Hello. And we're joined with a special guest for this week, Ewan. Hello. Hello. So today, we're looking at minutes 73 and 74 of about time, wherein it's still raining. <laughs> and It's uh, fallen. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it is a lovely shot of the tent falling that we got. Well, you know, with the ripping and the falling. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks like it'd be one of those days that would either be really annoying or really fun on set. I can't
0: quite figure out
1: which one it would be.
0: On set, I'm betting fun, but I've been under a tent like this when it was leaking and it sucked.
1: Yeah. No ideal. Yeah, I guess when it's controlled and you know it's gonna happen.
0: Right it's fun. and it's a yeah. We're gonna lift the tent, you're all gonna run. Okay. Sounds great.
1: And so what like what we hear from Richard Curtis in the behind the scenes of this scene as well, is he just tells people to act exactly as they you know, as they would yeah. with all the stuff happening. It's like you know, if there's a drop of water that doesn't hit you, don't react to that water hitting you. Just respond exactly as as you would respond. I think it's good because yeah, people wouldn't just be uh scared and panicked. They would get to that point of hysteria and just finding it hilarious,
0: mm-hmm. which we which we do get to see. Yeah, we get um, It's one of these scenes that isn't bad if you corpse really. When the when the one kid gets wet, the woman behind him just starts laughing at him. It's great.
1: <laughs> and so we get the shot that we get of Tom Hollander walking really angrily. Is Richard <laughs> Curtis's favorite shot in the whole film?
0: <laughs> oh <Not>
1: really? <laughs> I mean, it is a lovely shot. We've only got, like, a little bit, like, what, the first 20 seconds of this minute? The first 17 seconds. I love like the
0: shot after Harry as well, where it's just the cupcake table, alone, in the rain. Everyone's gone.
2: Yeah. It's a nice shot. Is this the Tom Holland, the, the same, the, the umbrella
1: thing, or is this the... This is him just walking angrily. Is,
0: yeah, he just is, like, the last thing. one. Everyone's running from under the tent, and he just walks. He doesn't Oh, walk.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... So yeah, then, then we sort of, unless we've got any other comments on the rain, we cut to the best man speech, where the first best man is
0: Rory. Rory. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I like these different decisions for best man. because at first I was like, why would he pick Harry to be the best man? But the more I think about it, like, the more, yeah, Harry, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more when we get to that. So when Rory does his speech, he, he goes, hello, I'm Rory. When Tim asked me to be his, his best man, um, I was terrified and I thought, um, Best thing is to find a book about speeches. And um, here it is. And um, it says of, uh, think of really funny anecdotes. um, And there's actually a very hilarious story from work. (laughs) Um, It was quite a complicated case based on an issue of cross-amortization of um, ownership of post-divorce properties. And um, let me just explain the context and the defendant. (laughs) (laughs) And then we cut, which is, part of me wants to hear the story. (laughs) But I do, I do, yeah. It's it's Rory is one of the best characters in this, and I think it's
0: once again a really good, good scene for Rory.
1: Mm. I do.
2: I mean, I've obviously this is I've only seen these little tiny bits, but I do feel like in that bit he's in the slight danger of Hugh Grant suing him for stealing his entire persona. <laughs> <laughs> all the expressions, all the little mannerisms, they do feel very early Hugh Grant.
1: Mm. Yeah, as Donald does at times in this film. Well, I, I am loving your your sort of cynicism to these moments it's so, <laughs> we don't get this normally it's lovely and fresh
2: it's like whenever you used to see whenever Woody Allen decided he would not be in his own films yeah and he used the to like John Cusack really, yeah. and it always felt like they were just doing Woody Allen mm-hmm, maybe yeah. if you're in a Richard Curtis film playing a young uh kind of sexy guy you've got the channel Hugh grant
1: yep pop' weird that as far as I'm aware I like i I own the DVD of stuff like Annie Hall and I've been meaning to watch them I'm pretty sure the only Woody Allen film I've seen is one that he's not in. And that's what? that's Midnight in Paris. Ah. Because I watched that for this show because it's a Rachel McAdams town travel movie. And I really liked it, but... Yeah, it's... I I heard reading it that there are characters in that that feel like Woody Allen characters. Do we... I mean, is there a reason why he stopped acting in his own films, or...? Well, he got slightly too old. he was too old. Yeah,
2: he, he was he too old too long to old before play he the stopped. romantic leads, but... Especially if there was sort of a dynamism to the characters, they had to sort of be quite physical. I think he he kind of he eventually gave other people that part, but they, again, yeah, they would come in and just sort of impersonate Woody, so it was a bit strange.
1: I'm really. surprised though that he didn't go down like at least the the Tarantino route of just having like a smaller part in all of his films.
2: Oh, he did, he did a lot. Because
1: he he definitely doesn't admit Midnight in Paris. That's all I know. Because I was like, Because I was talking to my dad about it because he had seen more Woody Allen films than me, and he specifically talks about how much he doesn't like Woody Allen. So that yeah. might be the reason I haven't seen that many of them. So he was like, oh, and he'll always be in it, won't he? And then I was like, because he, he assumed he was the lead, and I was like, no, the lead's Owen Wilson. Isn't yeah. any, Possibly the best Owen Wilson performance I've seen. I really recommend the guy in Paris. It's great film. Um,
2: Did you ever was, see, uh wh- wh- who is uh, the guy, um, who's the English guy in it? Uh, Hiddleston. Did you ever see Tom Hiddleston do his Owen Wilson, Wilson impression?
1: I think I've no. seen
2: it. On Graham Norton. Yeah.
1: Huh. I think so. I'm not sure. It was
2: about meeting him on set of Midnight in Paris, actually. And he does a see. great Owen Wilson impression. It's on YouTube somewhere, you should look it up, it's very funny.
1: Yes, I think I have seen it, because he's, yeah, I was just looking at it now and it's him alongside Robert De Niro, isn't it? On the... Yeah. Yeah, I
0: think I've seen this. Tom, it Hiddleston again. Again.
2: Tom Hiddleston thought that everyone was playing to people in different times. And so he, he met Owen Wilson and said, so what time are you, what time period are you in? And Owen was like,
1: no man, I'm in the now. I'm in the now. <laughs> that was even a decent impression there, not gonna lie. that was
2: a... I think there's no, everyone's got their stock Owen Wilson, isn't it? It's just sort of a stone surfer type.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it surprised, I've not been a massive Owen Wilson fan, so it did surprise me when I watched Midnight in Paris to so actually like, he's, he's a, he's a good, good actor in that. It's a very strange film, but it, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's it's a little similar to About Time in the fact that it goes time travel just exists. Deal with it. Yeah. Let's tell a story. Yeah. Except Rachel McAdams is a lot less likable in Midnight in Paris.
2: Yeah, true. I'd forgotten she was in it. So even,
1: uh... mm. Yeah, so so the, I guess that's the other that is you have seen a Rachel McAdams time travel film. And... Yeah, <laughs> without even remembering. Yeah, she's she definitely. Is channeling more Regina George in Midnight in Paris than Mary from yeah. About Time? So I always forget that it's Rachel McAdams in Mean Girls?
0: It's such a different
1: yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah, different time, really. Yeah. I feel like I'm losing my film credentials. I don't know Woody Allen films. I'm talking about Mean Girls. Like, I'm just. Yeah. I think you're, you're young, young,
2: enough, to you're yeah, yeah. young, you're young enough to get, to get away with it. Yeah, you're young enough to get away with. Don't worry about all the Bertolucci
1: films. You still got to catch up on. <laughs> I mean, that's the point of lockdown. Like, I've gotta, you know, I'm, I'm going back to, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be joining college after this. I'll be in a film class. I've gotta know my stuff before I get into that film class. I mean, I probably- you have got to
2: buy the Beat Takeshi collection and then you'll know you've landed.
1: Have I got any notes?
0: No, well, uh, I, I guess uh, i Kit Kat is having a great time with Rory's speech, which is funny. Because no, no one else really? is. Yeah, why don't Kit Kat and Rory get together? Like, yeah. they seem a
1: better pairing than Kit Kat and Jay.
0: And and at I, one point you can yeah. see Joanna checking out Jimmy, which is also kind of <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy <laughs> and Joanna would be a good pairing. Possibly, yeah. Although I like the pairing at the, at the tent of Joanna and uh, Harry. Yeah.
1: He's probably a little bit too old, isn't he? I don't know if she'd care. Because <laughs> I was thinking Joanna and Harry, but then I'm like, there's probably quite an age difference. But I'd imagine at least for like a one-time fling. They'd, yeah, they'd get well. They'd both very quickly get each other angry. (laughs) They probably wouldn't last very long.
0: Oh yeah, he's 21 years older than her. Quite a difference, man. Um, He doesn't seem that old, to be honest. He's got grey in his hair. Crazy. But it's
1: like stylish grey. It's not old man grey.
0: The book that Rory has is The Best Man's Speech and Duties, published by confetti.co.uk. Uh which you can still buy on Amazon.
2: And all good bookstores. If there are any. <laughs> if there are any still surviving the pandemic.
0: Around here, there's only one bookstore even around anymore. It's Barnes & Noble. Really? Well, you can still find books.
2: them. You can still find them in the UK, but uh, I don't know if they're going to be reopening or not. We'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah. Uh, what, how well would they do? Uh, yeah. Some people. The traditionalists traditionalists still going Well oh, yeah, I, I still like going to a used bookstore there's still one pretty close by.
1: So yeah, I mean, that's that's basically minute 73. We can go straight into 74, I guess, unless we've got any other comments on Rory's speech. So yeah, so I guess, Ewan, without your knowledge of the film... You know, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Tim, so it's fine, carry on, <laughs> Tim, carry on. Uh, well, without your knowledge of the film, Tim then stepping into the cupboard at the end of this scene was horribly a bit weird.
2: Oh, no, you've told me that's how he time-travels. I like, get yeah, that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd imagine without the context it's just kind of what's going on. Yeah, when we slide into minute seventy four, um, we've got Harry's speech, and apparently Tom Hollander did an incredible full wedding speech um when they were filming. And the, the the theme of the speech was about how he wanted to sleep with Mary and how other men in the past have probably slept with Mary, and how if Tim and Mary break up he may get the chance to sleep with Mary.
0: <laughs>
1: right. Which is definitely fitting within Tom Holland's character.
0: Yeah.
1: Although when we talked about the age difference, it is kind of odd as well. I mean, how old is Rachel McAdams supposed to be as Mary?
0: I don't know. She's closer to his age than Vanessa Kirby is. She's 10 years older.
1: Yeah. how 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 on earth is Rachel McAdams now 41 years old? Like, it feels at least in the... I mean, I know this film was, what, seven years ago? But it feels like she's playing someone... Still in their early twenties,
0: right. A lot of actors can play can play younger up to a
2: certain age. That's the
1: thing. That's true, actually, yeah, because it's it's weird with. But I said a few times actually, yeah, when you when you get like films, especially with teenagers, when you're so used to seeing adults playing teenagers, when you then see something when teenagers are playing teenagers, they feel younger than they are.
0: Uh Yeah, it's
1: so strange. Yeah, I remember having this discussion a few times. Because it's like that with some of John Hughes' stuff, really, because he used actual teenagers a lot of the time. And a few other teen films yeah. like that. You're watching this, yeah. and you're like, they're like 12. And then you're like, no, they're 16. This is what a normal 16-year-old looks like. Which, basically I should know, being a 16-year-old. But yeah. they, feel, they, they, they automatically feel young when you're watching them on screen. Yeah, it is, it is strange. So then... Uh... Harry. Harry, I'm just checking if there's anything else on my notes. So yeah, we've got Harry's speech, which is when Tim asked me to do his best man speech, my immediate reaction was How much are you gonna pay me, you little sh I don't write for free, you know. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I like that we don't see any more of that. Which is odd, because I'm not gonna that's a good way to start the best man speech, isn't it? Like the idea that Tim's yeah. already regretting him and It's at not, this not point. even that bad. <laughs> yeah. And I like that the speeches are happening in the house. There's something quite sweet about that. Like it, it feels like they're excluding Mary a little bit though. With everything being at Tim's home and all of that, that it's nice. Wow.
0: Our Tim. home's in
1: Canada. Yeah, it's not. She's supposed to be
0: American, isn't she? Yes. How
1: how different is the accent from your American side of things, Robert? Can you tell uh, our... in this No. I've only noticed one Canadian accent to so be honest. I always get it like it's so close to the American accent that I can't tell. I noticed it once with a cover teacher I had in my school. And um, people are like, is he American? I was like, I think he's Canadian. Because that, that that's just that's always exciting having a teacher with an with an American or Canadian accent in England. <laughs> it's like, whoa, it's exciting. It's like a TV star. It's that <laughs> voice.
2: <laughs> Canadians are the same as Americans, but they just say a boot Yeah, of I was about. gonna say that's, like I was gonna say yeah, unless you hear, say,
0: <laughs> you hear them say, hear them say
2: about your stuff. to do a great a great running gag in South Park about Canadian accents. Mm-hmm how the Canadian just calls what's all that a boot a boot there was, there was a funny Rick Morales film as well once where he was playing a Canadian where they just say hoser a lot for some reason
1: <laughs> wasn't there even a gag hey, hoser. Like, wasn't there even a gag in Paramet Your Mother about like made up Canadian
0: stereotypes yeah seen that show. The
1: Canadian bar
0: yeah
1: you think it's, I'm not normally a fan of a lot of American sitcoms, but Community and How I Met Your Mother, like I like them as sitcoms. I think they're a bit different. I know that, like, I mean, I guess the next question is, Ewan, what's your view on The American Office? I never
2: saw it. I never actually saw it in the end. I've only various, seen
1: a couple of episodes for various
2: reasons. It just—it was one of those things. The timing of it, and uh, I didn't—I didn't get to see it. So, uh. You know, no nothing, no hard feelings or anything. I'm, well, I know a lot of people who love it, and I'm a Steve Carell fan, so I think by the time I was ready to kind of maybe give it a go, there was so many episodes made, yeah, that it just felt a bit daunting to kind of start on it, really.
1: And That's it's one of those
0: American shows. It's <laughs> one yeah. of those as
1: well where people tell, like, I think people say, "Don't watch season one," and it's like,
0: yeah,
1: I, I'm on, I'm on the ground of like, I, I'm a completionist, so I like watching the whole thing. But if I know I've got to get through a season of not good stuff before it gets to the good stuff, it's like, I don't know, is it worth it? I'll probably watch it.
0: The only, the only thing is I've only got season one on DVD. Just skip episode one. Okay. I it's, think it's basically a British script with American actors doing. It. Yeah, it's... they they tried
2: to really remake our first episode as their first episode, yeah. which I think just wasn't a really bad idea. And they didn't completely shake the shackles and find their own feet until at least a few in. So... From what I've heard, yeah, it's best to start a bit later down the line.
1: Is there a Keith equivalent in the American office? Yeah, there
2: is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Kevin. Yep, it's called Kevin. I've actually, inter- I've said hello to him on Twitter. So uh, <laughs> we, we have, we have. You're kind basically,
1: of... if you say hello to someone on Twitter, you're basically best friends with
2: them. We yeah. basically met on the. we met, yeah, in terms of uh, acknowledging one another. There was one, because they were in talks to, to make it while we were doing our Christmas specials. And I did try and uh, blag it so I could go over and claim my own equivalent in America. <laughs> and there was a, there was one moment where I thought Ricky might be going for it, but that didn't happen. Didn't happen.
1: I think yeah, I think your part that that would have worked because your part is like small, I was the only like one who could
2: have done it. Yeah, enough. yeah. I, think I was I was the only one who could have done it because it was such a sort of a smallish, and it would have just drifted in and out uh, almost in America. Yeah. See, there, it wasn't one of the parts, or they cast a really well-known actor. They all those sort of the main leads were well-known people. But it was the one, the one part where they could have got someone, in someone like me in, but yeah, it didn't happen. But never mind, you know. He's, I'm sure he does a great job. Sure, so he does a great job.
1: But I guess, yeah, I guess if they go too much into sticking with the odd member of the original cast, you have know, the risk of the American remake of the It Crowd.
2: Yeah, but they don't, they never know if these things are going to work or not until they try
0: them, that's the thing. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm
1: surprised by the large number of our sitcoms who tried to remake a lot.
2: Yeah. And the, the hit rate is so low that it, it seems even more surprising. Yeah, you mm-hmm. think you'd think you'd have given up on it. and, I It's mean, just because it's just easier to buy an idea than to create an idea, I guess that's yep. what I think.
1: Does... British comedy not translate as well in America as American comedy can in Britain or like what's the, what's the deal yeah. with that we don't tend to remake american sitcoms we just tend to air them
0: stop on e4 yeah. we're uh i guess more bigoted than that we don't want to watch your show do it ourselves
1: and you
2: want and to you, make... if you go to the if you go to the coasts in america that big that big you'll find big big fans of british comedy when i went to la i got recognized all the time they love the the UK office, mm,
0: yeah,
2: and uh, similar in New York, you know, the kind of the civilized, <laughs> the, the civilized parts of America.
1: Yeah, because I feel like we've got some great sitcoms here in the UK, which I know wouldn't translate well in the States. Like I, I mean, I, I guess just to get your opinion as well, you, I'm a massive fan of Gavin and Stacey. Yeah, I don't
0: like Gavin and Stacey. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean.
1: From what you've seen of it, would you say it probably wouldn't translate to the States? <laughs> like it's
2: Well, I think it maybe it would. I mean they seem to have taken James Corden on board and essentially yeah. it's a James Corden show, so I don't see why it shouldn't.
1: I, I love this, like all the things which I have like strong loving mm-hmm. opinions of, you're like, hate that. <laughs> it's just yeah,
0: that's yeah. wonderful.
1: Yeah. I'm too I see I'm I'm too old, I'm cynical, that's the problem. <laughs> I think I'm only cynical of the stuff that my family try to make me watch.
0: Like yeah.
1: a show which I could love if I found it myself. If my family sit me down and like we're going to watch this, I'll just complain about everything in you know? it. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Cool. That's
2: just that's normal. That's normal.
1: So I guess should we go on to Jay's speech?
2: Yeah. This, this is, is the nice. rude one, is it?
1: It is. Yeah. It's the it's the saucy speech.
2: Yeah. Um, the saucy, the... yeah, yeah, which
1: is <laughs> <occurs laughs> in naughty <laughs> mode. <laughs> I mean, it it is interesting that this film gets really on the edge of its 12 certificate a lot. It's rated 12, but there's a lot of things which you which just fit within there. Whereas in the States, you've got it rated R for a whole manner of... I think it's mostly for language in the States, isn't it? Yeah. Because they say the F word about seven or eight times in this, which for BBFC, consider fine for a 12. But in your box-ticking MPAA society, it's like, oh, that's five times too many. Um, it's amazing. I remember
2: when the 12 certificate came in. It's amazing how filmmakers have exploited it in this country. Yeah. Because films now, I mean, that would be that would be a straight away a 15 uh, if, it came, if it was released the way it is now. That would be a 15, and there's no way he'd want to release it as a 15. He'd want it as a PG. So 12 has let people get away with so much in this country. I think in terms of uh, what you can put in a family film. In inverted commas.
0: Mm, not, yeah, we weren't able
2: to in the past.
1: If we didn't have the twelve certificate, I would have struggled with the short that I did recently. Like, yeah. once again, I didn't need to get an age rating, but I'm, I've got a weird obsession with age ratings, and so I wanted to go. Uh, go. And I made a film about addiction, and I wanted to use it, because I spoke with a lot of different addicts in order to present the idea that an addict could be anyone, pretty much, and it was normalising the idea of an addict and how much their struggles are. And I wanted to show that to younger people in schools and stuff. And if I, if the P, if you know the the twelve didn't exist, it probably would have got a fifteen. I think it's probably at the edge of a fifteen anyway. It had one F word, you know. It had sight yeah. of cocaine and marijuana. Like when I submitted it to the BBFC, I requested a twelve A, but I was like, it's probably going to get a fifteen. So it was a a relief when it got the twelve A. But also, I think there are those strange connotations with the twelve A as well. But it's I don't know. I feel like when I see a twelve rated film, a lot of the time. Often accepts rom-coms and which stuff and things like that, but of the time it feels like it's, I, I assume that a 12 rated film is always just going to be tame, because it feels like they just, it's not, they don't want to be a PG kids film. Yeah. They, they don't want to go too far to go higher either. So you know, your 12 rated action movies, I mean the bonds are alright, but once again that's like a, an expected amount. They don't go too far. And same with you know, your 12 rated comedies, you know, they're going to try and push, re, go near the knuckle, but not go quite far enough.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, I guess the the UK office was between 12 and 15 most episodes. I think most episodes are 12s, aren't they? I
2: can't even remember, actually. It was so, the thing with TV is you don't really know when it's out on TV. Uh, I guess they, they,
1: they, they rate the whole series in one go, I think, as well. They might know yeah, when it
2: when it came out on DVD, first of all, I think it may have even been a 15, I can't remember, but
1: uh. Yeah, the DVDs I've got a 15, but it depends yeah, where, yeah. How, how many episodes or whether it's just one episode per season. Oh, I bet if I go on the BBSC website, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna list me all the American office episodes, so it's gonna get too confusing. Yeah. Uh, I'll look into that some other time, but I, I think a lot of sitcoms like that, a lot of the episodes could pass at 12 or even PG, but you have the one, you know, the odd yeah. joke, you yeah. know. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good. And I mean I I just keep more and more when I think of you in the office, I'm sure a lot of people do talk about it. I love that Scotch egg scene. <laughs> like is, yeah. is that one that comes up quite a lot. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely one of the
2: things that, that comes up the most. Because there were because there were three there was obviously there were three different scenes where I had a Scotch egg. Uh one for each series. But then the one that, the first one was, gets mentioned the most because we had a lot of outtakes with it. Uh, oh, with the yeah. I was, the one I was doing with Martin where we kind of, uh, he kept, yeah, we, we couldn't get through it really, which was, uh, uh, an interesting, uh, couple of hours. So yeah, it definitely gets mentioned a lot. And especially with people, what well, was one of the weird things in America where people would go, what was that? What were you eating? in there? cause they don't have scotch eggs in America. Yeah. So people go, what was that? See, were you, were you eating an apple?
1: <laughs> uh, and I go, believe me, that wasn't an apple <laughs> I would never have even thought of a Scotch egg as being remotely like an apple but It's just round and sort of, yeah, sort of
2: weird colour, sort of orangey colour, I guess They just they weren't sure what it was, but uh yeah, a very uniquely British snack, so to
1: say And I guess you've got a slight Curtis link with the fact that The Office did a comic relief episode as well it didn't really. I think Ricky well, an did episode something. that involved, like an episode that involved Red Nose Day, wasn't it? Oh really? um, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, uh,
2: that, was uh, that was all set on Red Nose Day. Yeah, that was uh, that was a very That was a great fun episode to do.
1: It's such a good idea. I've never seen any other TV show just do an episode set on Red Nose Day because it yes, is such a big obvious. deal in the UK.
2: Yeah, it seems obvious, but uh, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess you don't need any rights or anything to do it. We just. sort of, they just ploughed on with it.
1: So, so I guess did that that episode didn't like coincide with Red Nose Day or anything like no, that.
2: No, no, no. There was nothing. There was no planning, clever planning like that back then. Yeah, which just went
1: well out as a normal, a normal episode. And you pull off that Ali G costume really well. That's the thing. Like I didn't expect how well, how well it it suits you to an extent.
2: Yeah, that was that was that's another one that gets. That's the other thing. Other than the got Jack, the Ali G costumes, kind of.
1: Is that new? Yes, in the people, remember that. Well, people remember that. People like, remember that. Like well, is sorry? He, how how big is Ali G in the States is the next question. Because I know he did an American series, didn't he? he series.
2: Yeah, knew, he was uh people know Sacha Baron Cohen, I think he was he was he did stuff they probably knew him better as Borat, mm. to be honest. Borat was pretty big, I think.
1: But I like they, the American series he did. Was it last year he did that Who Was America series as well? Yes. Amazing, okay. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. That, that was so, like did, I'm pretty sure he got, he got fined like millions for who was America with different gags and jokes he did, like.
2: He's been sued left, right and centre by all sorts of people. hmm. I think he almost got sued once by the, by the literally the country of Kazakhstan.
0: Oh yeah, I remember hearing that,
2: yeah. Yeah. I haven't. And he gate, he gate crashed, uh, he gate crashed a a Kazakhstani press conference at one point. (laughs) Because he heard they were coming to town and he went to gate crash it as Borat. To protest, uh, to protest that they were coming after him.
1: Anyway, the uh let's read out Jay's speech and see how much of this I'm gonna to have to bleep in post. So Jay says these are the girls available to him at the time, hello girls, and this is how far he got with each of them. Let me explain the code. Five bleep, eight full penetrative and then we cut out. But it's weird that eight happens to be Scarlett Curtis, Richard Curtis's daughter.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. Of course, the way that these things, the way things are filmed, because you film all the, you film one way and then you film the other, there's a good chance she wouldn't have known what cutaway she was being used for. So until the film was edited together, you could have, okay, she
1: so might not have it's, even it's known her, what she was it's her leave. photo on,
0: on his screen? On
1: oh, his is it? Line. Oh, yeah. okay. She's just yeah, the I only mean, one what's...
0: actually at the wedding is the five. Yeah. You get a cutaway to her.
1: She's, She's embarrassed, but not too embarrassed like it's a good reaction that she gets, like yeah, she takes a drink but um yeah it's it's, it's just an interesting choice, and so Tim then goes back in time again because he wasn't happy with Jay's speech, and we get his dad's speech, which I think is a it's a lovely speech I mean what's your me being the sentimental person and you being the cynic, you, and what do you get of the overall dad's speech to
2: me it's just he's gone into. A greeting card shop. He's got he's gone through, he's browsed through, he's got all the cards that say, that say for wedding on your wedding day and he's got all the little platitudes that are written inside and he's written them all down. And they're just written it together in a speech and he's read it out. <laughs> well I've gone out of it. Mm.
1: <laughs> Good. <laughs> so the, the, what we get in this minute of the speech is the dad saying, And so a toast to the man with the worst haircut, but the breast bride in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, sorry, I, might I want to say that again. Yeah, I might want to say that again. Good point. <clears throat> and so, a toast to the man with the worst haircut, but the best bride in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim and Mary. And yeah, I, I like this that he he's his complimenting of Mary is it is it's almost a slight callback to earlier on when he asks his dad what do you think of her and he says, I like her more than you already. Like it's yeah. he's nice to Mary throughout, which is
2: Wouldn't sweet. it be funnier if, if his if he actually
1: did have a bad haircut, rather than just a normal haircut. We've and talked about this. His his haircut is commented on several times in the film, and it's fine. I know. <laughs> it's like he wrote the script thinking the guy's going to have a bad haircut, and they got there and went, we
2: can't have no leave having a bad haircut, that would be ridiculous. And so they just haven't changed any of the scripts.
1: One of the opening and scenes I find laziness,
2: says, like, I find that really weird, when mm. that sort of thing happens in a film. I find it really weird.
1: Yeah. So in one of the opening scenes, he says, I wish I used time, like, what are you going to use time travel for? And I think the first thing he says is, first I'd get a better haircut.
2: And... Either, either they've, to- either he's put in loads and loads of ginger gags, and they've had to tone it down because it's like, well, we can't be nasty to ginger people anymore because the world's changed. Or they were <laughs> going to have somebody with a bad haircut, and they thought, we can't have a bad haircut, and they just left it in the bad haircut lines. But one way or another, somebody hasn't said, look, we've got to make a decision here, Richard. And uh, stepped in and told him, these haircut lines aren't working, mate. You know, he's just got normal hair. I think... (laughs) I find it weird when that happens. I mean, if Richard Coates genuinely listens, Richard, please feel free to drop me an email. I know, you know, none of us are that busy at the moment. We're all on lockdown. Just take a couple of minutes, send me an email, tell me why you have the haircut line.
1: And so, yeah, when the dad says, Tim and Mary, the crowd go, Tim and Mary. And Tim says, that's us. And so then we cut to the dad talking to him on the stairs. And I have a note about this, I think. Um, I can't remember what it is, but I remember writing a note starting with Dad on the stairs. Right. Um, but
0: it's yeah, the only scene in the movie
1: that doesn't happen. That's true. It doesn't, yeah, that doesn't happen at all. That bugged me, because I, really, I didn't mind this scene.
2: If, they, I, if they've got his actual dad in to play his dad, I might have actually watched the film. <laughs> I'll watch anything with Brendan Gleason, believe me.
1: Well, I guess the next question is, what do you think of Donald Gleeson's British accent?
2: I think Donald Gleeson can do any accent, can't he? He's like hmm. the guy at the moment. He can do it a lot. He is good. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he can do it all. He's obviously one of the most talented actors around there at the moment.
1: Yeah. And I think the issue with how good an actor he is, is he gets so lost in the role that he's not a household name. Like... You could, watch two, you could watch two or three Donald Gleeson's films, and in a row even, and not notice that it's Donald Gleeson in those roles. You could watch them
2: in the Star Wars films after this and not know it's the same person.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: so the song that's playing in the background, I can't remember what it's called, but I know that Donald requested the song. Um, he gave Richard Curtis a CD and was like, put on one of the songs from this CD in the film and he did. And I i didn't for some reason write down the name of the song or the name of the artist, so uh, that's a listeners' own research to do. Yeah, so he's the dad says, I wish I'd said I'd love you. I wish I'd said I love you. You did, dad. It was implied. Much I'm sure implied is good enough for a wedding day, are you? And Tim said, no, don't do it. It's fine. I'm so happy with it as it was. You really don't have to. And the dad says, I'll do what I want to do, young man. And then goes up. So yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, this, this scene just doesn't happen to Tim at all. And he says, will you excuse me for one moment? So this is weird, because Tim's narrating the film. Yeah. So he doesn't know that this happened.
0: Well, we can assume that his dad told him at some point.
1: Yeah, maybe. And actually, that was one of the things I think I forgot to say about the haircut, is if Tim's telling us the story, if we're picturing it as Tim tells it to us, then maybe that's why he's got the same haircut throughout the whole film, because we're just picturing Tim as he is going through all these situations. It's a, You're it's going it, way too out. deep into this now. Yeah. <laughs> and so the dad goes, um, excuse me for one moment, this is a point where, because it's a wedding, so there'll be several members of their family, I would have loved a scene, because all the men can travel back in time, all the men in this family travel back in time, I would have loved a scene where, like, Tim goes off to go in the cupboard, and, like, an uncle walks out. they like, are they just all going back <laughs> in time? In the, I think that would have been quite funny.
2: But Presum- presumably, they can't go back in time either after they've got kids born, so they can only
1: go so far. Yeah, they can only go back in time to, yeah, to after the conception.
0: Unless they don't like their kids.
1: Yeah, the fact that Bill Nye knows that because he tells Tim later on you can only go back in time to after the conception means that maybe Tim wasn't the original child. Maybe Bill Nye made a mistake
0: and he was like, yeah, "I'll live with it." That's why he doesn't like the haircut. The, the previous kid had great hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! Yeah, maybe this Tim's <laughs> maybe just this never is
1: ends. A recent, a recent addition in Bill Nye's timeline. Like maybe he's just- Maybe this, maybe maybe this Tim discussed. is like
2: Tim number 38 or something
1: like that. <laughs> yeah, and although for everyone else that Tim's always been there, it was actually like someone called Jemima, it was just a girl, <laughs> he had a talk to called Jemima for years, made a mistake and he was like, I guess it's Tim now.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So yeah, have we got any other comments on this minute before we wrap up this Wednesday? I With think it? we've, I
2: think we've, uh, I think we've, we've, we've kind of, you know, we've, we've covered it, haven't we?
1: Hmm. Um so. Where can the listeners find you on social media, Ewan? At Ewan McIntosh on Twitter. That's the best place to go for everything.
0: And uh, Robert, how about you? Social media, Robert E. G. Black. Website, lemmingdrops.com. Listeners can find me
1: on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero. They can find me on Instagram at The Ginger Luke, on Facebook at Luke Allen Film. They can find this, um, all podcasts, radio appearances, short films, newspaper articles, anything I'm remotely involved in is at Luke Allen's KDK. This podcast it's available on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Two Mims About Time. They can join our Facebook group, The Cupboard, to discuss all things to do with About Time and anything to do with this film, whether you like it or don't like it. And uh, I guess the next question is, do you know of any interesting ways to say goodbye, You, And well, I can call to the article, but I always like to ask the guests at least once a week whether they have any intriguing ways of saying goodbye.
2: Just the normal ones, you know, see you later, alligator, that sort of
1: thing. I don't think we've actually done that, which is strange. So, yeah, there we go. See you later, Anakin. The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme, originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemon Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions.